This is the JT The Brick Show. Filling in for JT today is ESPN's Jason Fitz and from Raiders.com, Eddie Pascal. If you had asked me a couple of hours ago what we were going to talk about today, I was pretty sure that it was going to be more combine stuff. I was pretty sure we were going to talk more about sneaky wide receivers you could get in the draft. I was sure that we were going to be looking at places and ways that the Raiders can improve their roster. But over the last 90 minutes, the entire face and landscape of the National Football League has changed drastically, and it drastically impacts next season for your beloved Raiders. So that is where we start on Raider Nation Radio. It's the JT The Brick Show. Eddie Pascal, I'm Jason Fitz. We're in for JT. You guys can hang out with the 702-365-9200. That's the easiest way to get in, 702-365-9200. And the big news that came out earlier today was that Aaron Rodgers is returning to Green Bay. So I feel like, Eddie, a lot of Raiders fans looked around and said, okay, well, uh, you know, that that means what that means. I wasn't surprised by that. I don't think a lot of people were surprised that by that. And I actually had a buddy of mine that loves the Broncos, text me and say, man, this really stinks. I thought we were going to get Aaron Rodgers. I laughed at him. Uh, that, that came back to bite me in the butt not shortly after that. It felt like minutes later, Adam Schefter comes out and lets the world know that there has been a massive trade that acquires Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks to be the new starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. And the gauntlet known as the AFC West just got that much tougher, my friend. Dude, I mean, to your point, Fitz, you and I were going back and forth this morning. We were putting the show together. What do we want to hit on? And then you text me. I was in a meeting with our friend Marcus. We were discussing some things for next year. And then all of a sudden, I look at my phone, and you just say, uh, Wilson to Denver. And I said, what and I said, I said Marcus, put your TV on real quick. And there we go. The news, your boy Schefter breaking it. It's, it's the toast of the NFL town now that Russell Wilson coming to Denver. And Fitz, I feel like we don't often see these moves that single-handedly change the landscape of an entire league. And I know it's easy to be, you know, be dramatic and talk with hyperbole, but this is one of those moves. And the silver and black are, are dead center in the crossfire of what is going to happen now in this AFC. And I think it's hard to understate, or excuse me, it's hard to overstate just how wild this move is and what this is going to mean for the Raiders, the AFC West, and the AFC in totality. It, it's just, it's bonkers, but it's great because it gives us a lot to talk about, doesn't it? Oh, my God. Now, according to Shefty, the trade package, Seattle gets quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. And Denver gets Russell Wilson and a fourth-rounder. I, I was honestly surprised when I heard that, Eddie. Like, I thought it was going to be more. Like, Drew Locke is be more, not really? a, a capable. Like, I thought there were going to be several picks and star players involved. Instead, it's some pretty good players and uh, a handful of picks. Like, I, I, I'm looking at it today, if the Raiders had given up a comparable haul for a player like Russell Wilson, I would have said, okay, I understand it. Like, I understand exactly where Denver's coming from on this one. Yeah, and I think the Drew Locke to me one is the interesting part of it, and I, I can totally understand the the rationale if you're the Seahawks. Hey, even if we're giving getting rid of Russell Wilson, we need to have a quarterback come week one, and I'm not suggesting that Drew Locke is going to be that guy. But all the same, he's a young dude. He's a talented dude, and I'm not, I'm not here to be a Drew Locke apologist. Also, breaking right now, Fitz, Josh Jacobs goes, we have the craziest division. Uh, yeah, you're right, Josh. You are 100, <laughs> 100% right. thousand percent, yeah. But you look at this, you look at, at this whole situation, and Drew Locke, a guy who un- unquestionably has talent, but for whatever reason just didn't work out in Denver. A young dude, a, a guy that still has a lot of football ahead of him, and if you're Pete Carroll and you're that, you're that organization, you say, 
you know, let's let's take a flyer on him. Let's see what we got. You can always make the argument, oh, yeah, fresh scenery, you know, so, you know, that beautiful Pacific Northwest air, perhaps that'll change things for Mr. Locke. But all the same, a great haul for the Seahawks. But you really, in your heart of hearts, you thought they were going to end up getting more for us? Oh, yeah. In fact, Mina Kimes uh, is a close friend, and she works at ESPN and does great work. She tweeted out, unless Wilson completely drops off, this is a huge L for Seattle. And that's coming from not I don't know only if I buy. Great- I don't know if I buy that. I don't know if I buy that, Fitz. I mean, I, what, what are you looking at? Like, a team without a quarterback is what, right? So, and if you're Pete Carroll, you're not exactly a spring chicken. So, now you're restacking your roster, and I think he's 70. He'll be 71 by the time the season hits, which for current NFL coaches is much later in their career. And then the other part of it is I heard Orlovsky on ESPN the other day say, you know, you should trade him right now. And then part of the reason he said that is Seattle's roster isn't good. And in the same breath, he said the last good first-round pick they had was, I think, 2019 Bobby Wagner. So I'm looking at it saying, great, so you want draft picks? Because you haven't been using those draft picks well. Like, what good are draft picks when you aren't drafting well? So I understand, like, for a Raiders fan, I can look at it and say draft picks could have a ton of equity in the thought of new regime, new value. But that's not new in Seattle. So now you're asking them to do with those first and second round picks what they didn't do in the past, which is hit home runs with those picks. And secondly, I just... If you've got a quarterback in the building you know can play, there is not two firsts and two seconds is not enough to let that guy go when he's still got five years left in this league at least. And, and that's a fair point about you know having a quarterback that you know can take you essentially to the highest level and can win a Super Bowl for you. But I, I just think about this, and, and look, you and I aren't in Seattle, right? We're kind of just talking about what we see and what we hear on, on Twitter and on ESPN. But like it very much felt like the Pete Carroll-Russell-Wilson Russell relationship, the partnership, had kind of run its course, right? And I don't think there's any shame in that. I mean, they had one heck of a run. And they should probably have two Super Bowls, to be honest. But, like, at some point, there's got to be a human element of, like, look, we've done what we can do. We've come – shout out boys to men. They've come to the end of the road, man. Like, mm-hmm. they figured out what 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 reality was for them. So shipping off Russ, who I, I would say, if he's not at the peak of his powers, is pretty close to the peak of his powers. For two first and two second, the, the mystery, the what's in the box, like, I, I don't know if that's a bad deal for them. If there's a very human element, if they, if they realize, like, this is it. We've, we've done all we can do with this, with this group. I don't know that you can downgrade at the most important position in yeah. sports. Yeah. And that's what's going to be difficult. Now, uh, I'll, I'll again point to the ESPN stats and info uh, team did a great job of putting out some information on this quickly. And one nugget they pointed out that I think is interesting. The Broncos appear to be following an outline we have of recent years. If you look back in 2020, the previous season, the Buccaneers had ranked seventh in defensive efficiency. The previous season, they added Tom Brady. They won a Super Bowl. Last year, the Rams had ranked first in scoring defense the previous season. They added Matthew Stafford. They won the Super Bowl. This year, the Broncos ranked third last year in scoring defense the previous season. They had Russell Wilson. It speaks to one of the strategies, and I think it's what we've seen the Washington football team try and do, frankly. Let's build a great defense that's really able to keep us in games no matter what, then put solid pieces around that defense and turn around and add a quarterback that can win us a Super Bowl. Like That's the logic in my mind for the Broncos. Uh, And I remember going into last season how many analysts I was talking to that were saying, look, the Broncos are a quarterback away from being a great football team. Well, now they get that quarterback – and a ton of pressure that comes with it because they're going to have to prove that quickly in a division where everybody's got a quarterback. 
Yeah, 100%. And real quick, more breaking news from Rap Sheet. The Packers have now officially franchise tagged Devontae Adams. So as expected, oh, but, but there's perfect. that move. But, but you look at this, Fitz, and you know, to your point about talking about the Broncos and, and follow, kind of following this blueprint that we've seen the past couple of years, I mean, from watching them, because we watch a decent amount of Broncos football because they're in the division, we play them twice a year. But I remember speaking to some of my people in Denver, and I was candidly a little surprised by how well I thought they played. And I had that thought over and over again. I was like, Man, if they can just figure out the quarterback situation, they're gonna be they're gonna be good. Like they're gonna be an issue for a lot of teams. And now you bring in a Russell Wilson, who, as I said, if he's not at the peak of his powers, he is pretty darn close. And all of a sudden, fits the entire landscape of this, of this division has changed cataclysmically in the past ninety minutes. That is a word I cannot spell, but I love that you used it. I hope it's real. Jason Fitz, Uh, we're going to go with it being real. Like Somebody will correct us if not. Uh, A couple of nuggets on Russell, the Broncos quarterback now, for anyone that's just tuning in. Over the last five seasons on what they consider tight window throws, 30-plus yards in the air into a tight window. Nobody in the NFL has more touchdowns, and nobody in the NFL has more completions over the last five years than Russell Wilson. And the great stats and info people took a look at completion percentage over expectation, another one of those in-the-weeds stat from 2019 to 2021. Russell Wilson, when you look at how open his receivers were, had a 3.3% above completion uh, percentage. That's fourth best in the league. Drew Locke over that same period had the fourth worst in the league. So if you're the Broncos, you are looking at what you are considering an immediate impact on a team that, frankly, has had Jerry Judy just sitting in witness protection. Like, I, I think Jerry Judy, you know, I'm not going to take away my love for the players just because the Raiders didn't draft him in the first round. And I loved him going into that year's draft. I, I think Jerry Judy has the ability to be an absolute stud. So this is going to point to what the Raiders, Eddie, have to address starting today for the foreseeable future. Because we talked yesterday about know your identity, right? Like, if you know your identity, you're not chasing whoever goes wherever. Well, you still have to build your team to stop those people. It becomes more important that now than ever that the Raiders be varied on defense, be able to get after the quarterback, and be able to stop efficient quarterbacks. Because last year was not good against epic quarterbacks, and they've got three of them in the division now. Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden you're like, hey, you got six really, really tough games. And I know every game in the NFL is tough, yada, yada, yada. But you look in this division now, and all of a sudden Not you're like, Jets. Yeah, <laughs> well, I do. Fitz, I don't want to remind you the last time that the silver and black went to play I don't the want Jets. To talk about, yeah, I don't regardless. Talk about. I was there. But, yeah. I, I mean, you, you look all of a sudden now, and the Raiders do this change. I don't want to say this thing's, this changes things dramatically for them, but all of a sudden you got to kind of realize what you need to do to be successful in this, in this division. And I think this is a per- – I was – candidly very excited about uh, kind of the reaction from the players because I, when this news come down, care came down earlier today, and I tweet out the Jack Nicholson gif going, no, 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 no. Not five <laughs> minutes later, Max Crosby tweets out the gif of him just licking his lips, like, all right, time to go to work. Like, I know what this is about. And then Trayvon Mullen follows that up with a quick So these guys know what the lay of the land is here, right? Like, they're, they're, don't get it twisted. Like, these guys follow the news just as much as we do, and they know who's coming to town. But the Raiders now, all of a sudden, I don't want to say you have to build based off of this move, but to your point, Fitz, you look and you got three really, really, really good quarterbacks in this division now. And somehow, some way, whether that's in the draft, whether that's in free agency, whether it's building the guys up you got on the 53 now, you have got to figure out a way to limit them. Because if you, that's the quickest way to the playoffs. That's the most efficient, easiest way to get into the tournament is you win your division. And now all of a sudden, I will say it, the AFC West is the best division in football. Uh, oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, that, 
I would absolutely agree with that statement. And by the way, Vegas, as a betting city, agrees with that statement at this point as uh, the the Broncos have catapulted at this point, according to the current Super Bowl odds from uh, one Vegas site here. Uh, You know, you don't get anything for free, so we're not going to tell you which site it is. But uh, I will tell you that right now, all of a sudden, uh, quick math, one, two, three, four, five, sixth best odds to win the Super Bowl now belongs to the Denver Broncos. Now, so, where were they? Where were they two hours ago, Fitz? That that's uh, where I'd they be were in the middle of the pack. I, the the chart doesn't go down that far, so they were around eighteen, <laughs> and now they're sixth yeah. on this chart. So uh, the Chiefs are second, the Broncos are sixth. Like that, that is man, that is telling you that people are ready to put money there. You guys can call, hang out with us six one six one five. That would be that'd be Nashville. You know what? One of these days, <laughs> I'll learn uh, how to get in touch with the show. You can call seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Now I got it. Uh, uh, we've got somebody on the phones now, right, Eddie? We sure do. Let's go to Passionate Raider, Bobby. We could could we get Passionate Raider on the air for us? What up, gentlemen? How you guys feeling today, man? Good, brother. How you doing? Ah, oh, man. Hey, Jason, what's happening, Fitz, man? It's good to talk to you guys, man. I love listening to you guys. I love listening to all you guys for you guys to be on the air during the time of the car, man. It's great, man. I, I love all your guys' info and whatnot. But today was my first day back working at my parents' diner today. I put my phone up at 5 o'clock this morning. I didn't touch it till 1.30. I picked my phone up, and it weighed about 100 pounds with about 500 messages from all my buddies <laughs> in Raider Nation. And I see Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Are you freaking kidding me? Look, guys, I, you guys have probably heard me enough, dude. You know how I feel about, about our quarterback situation, man. It's all, in my book, it's all about just win. Just win. I don't want to hear no excuses. I don't, I'm, I'm sick of hearing the talk from this guy. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. But now, but now we've got another stud in the AFC West. So that just puts our quarterback play at the bottom of the, of, of, of the list. One, two, three, four, I don't know how we name them, Mahomes, Burt Wilson, Herbert, Mahomes, Herbert, whatever way you order it, we're at the bottom of the pack, guys. So the only outcome that I think that can save us this year is if we do not, there's really not another quarterback out there right now that we can get that's going to be better than these guys. D.C. is D.C. It is what it is. If we do not beef up this defense, if we do not go get two stud cornerbacks and a middle linebacker, and somebody else who cannot run past the quarterback and hit his ass, we are going to be in a lot of trouble coming up, bro. Guys, I I, I don't know what to think, what to do. I don't really want to lose faith, and I'm not going to lose faith. But it's just another thing, again, about just the life of a Raider fan. The life of a Raider fan. Am I scared of Russell Wilson? No, but we know what he is. We know the guy's a proven winner. We know Denver has a stacked team right now. They are just a quarterback away from being Super Bowl legit contenders, man. And then you got tweets out about Von Miller's coming back to Denver. Does he want to wear 48 or 40 or 58? His little thing he put out. So, I mean, man, we haven't made no splashes yet, guys. I don't know what you guys are hearing, what we're going to hear. But if we don't sign and beef up that defense, it's going to be a long season, guys. Thanks for taking my call, Fitz. And, and um, now the man over there, I forgot my tongue just got tied, man. I, I love man, you guys. Man, I, I, hey, Fitz I, Fitz, I got the voice of God yesterday, and now people are forgetting me already? Oh, that's, man, hey, that's humbling, though, man. Stay passion. humble. Stay humble. You know what? You, uh, I, I love the passion. Thanks for calling. And y'all can, can call and vent all day long. I am going to be a beacon of light in a dark, dark world. I am going to be the voice of reason you need 
And it's going to be, uh, let me just be honest with everybody, because I think that's one thing Eddie and I like to do. We like to be very real. And I wear my emotion on my sleeve. So I'm just going to be real with y'all. Like, right now, if you're going to look across the board, there were two things that he said in that call that were important. Number one, if, if we want to talk about wins and losses, let's talk about the entire team. Let's talk about the entire roster. Because going into the last couple of the uh, of years, every impartial person and, and you know I'll be you guys killed me on Twitter coming into the season last year. Some of the very people listening to this show right now were destroying me on Twitter for what was considered a national anti narrative, uh, anti Raider narrative that does not exist, right? And so this this whole concept that ESPN was anti Raiders because they were so high on the Chiefs and the Chargers, and it's not about that. It's about the fact that the Chiefs and the Chargers went into last year with very good rosters. In fact, we saw. The Chargers today reward a number one wide receiver with a ton of money. Why? Because they have a number one wide receiver to reward with a ton of money. They have a great player. Like, there are great players on these teams all the way across the board. And, uh, yeah, the other point that I thought the caller made that was really important is that there's not another quarterback. Even if you're coming in today and you're saying, oh, man, well, fine. What this team needs is an upgraded quarterback. Cool. Who? Who? Like, just, just, who? That's the great question because I'm not sitting here pretending to be an owl. I'm trying to give you the point that at some point you got to look at your quarterback situation and say, hey, we're, this is the guy we're going with. Are there better quarterbacks in the NFL? Sure, probably, yes. Are there worse quarterbacks in the NFL? Yes. Are they going to win or lose based just on Derek Carr? No. The Raiders are going to win and lose based on the totality of their roster and the coaches that are in the building. It takes all 53 to win win football games that's all that's, that's me on my soapbox there Eddie yeah and and Fitz before we get back to the phone lines because people are understandably fired up today but I will just tell you this and I think our guy passionate Raider brought up a great point he said it a, a little differently than I'm going to say it right now but Derek Carr didn't play defense man Derek Carr's not out there trying to stop a number one wide receiver Derek Carr's not playing middle linebacker Derek Carr is not rushing off the edge so to his point yes what does this do you all of a sudden have to say hey we got to build this defense up we have to figure out a way collectively for all 53 guys on defense, the guys on offense, to figure out how to get this, to get this thing going in the, right, in the right direction because this division now is tough. So let's go to the phone lines real quick. Uh, let's go to Raider T, Bobby. Let's talk to Raider T real quick. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, we, we got, got you, got you buddy. Hey, you know what? I'm glad on this Russell Wilson move, and I'll tell you why. For weeks, people have been talking about the drafts and speculating, and a lot of talk about the wide receivers like Alave and Wilson. And I like those guys a lot, but my thing has been we fill our holes on offense uh, in free agency, and we use the draft for defense because our defense, um, there's a lot of one-year rentals. We have to build that thing up. It was an improvement, but it wasn't up to par. And I really – for me, I've been leaning towards either McCuffey or Elam uh, in the first round of DB, um, and then maybe um, Jones, that defensive tackle in the second round out of UConn, or vice versa. You take one of the Georgia tackles in the first round, and maybe you get a, a cornerback in the second round that's a, a value pick, and maybe the third round you get a linebacker. That uh, Anderson guy, at, uh, I think it's Montana. Montana State's got pretty interesting physical skill set, but I think you fill your holes on offense and you load up on defense in the draft. What do you guys think about that? So, uh, and I appreciate the call a lot. I'll say, I don't think uh, the Connecticut kid will be around in the second round by the time the Raiders get back on the clock. He did himself a lot of good. And, uh, and the, every team that I've talked to anybody around over the course of the last couple of weeks has mentioned him. So I feel like he's one of those guys that's going to be a sneaky riser by the time we get to the draft. I don't 
think it, it has to be one or the other. I think you got to look at your team building a little bit like, you know, not that, uh, you know, that, not that I'm sitting back here with Aaron Rodgers' portfolio, but if anybody's ever tried to build a stock portfolio, one of the things you have to do is you have to build for short-term investments and you have to build for long-term investments. And anytime you sell something in your stock portfolio, the long-term gains offset the long-term losses and the short-term gains offset the, set the short-term losses. That's all something that I think has to be considered when you look at the way a team is being built. Built, There are portions of your team that you're looking around saying, we're going to have to take a one-year rental because there's not a better long-term option available. But ultimately, the best teams are the best teams because more often than not, they're able to, they're able to build through the draft slow and sure. There are exceptions to that rule. But ultimately, that's the, the approach. So I don't think it has to necessarily be we're going to attack offense uh, uh, during free agency and defense in the draft, Eddie. I think it needs to be we're going to look for the best players we can get free agency and whichever the holes we don't feel like we've got a good solution for is where we'll go next in the draft. And Fitz, it's, it's like anything in life. It's all about balance. That's what it is. It's, it's all about balance. And we talk about the one-year rentals. And, and I know that what we, and we talked a lot yesterday, Fitz, about learning this group and what's going to be important to Josh McDaniels and what's going to be important to Zave Ziegler and how they want to go about building things. Well, the same goes for the coordinators, too. I mean, you look at Patrick Graham and some of the guys that he might be interested in are not the guys on this roster. Well, we look at some of the, the one year, quote, one-year rentals last year. Look at Solomon Thomas, a guy who's a free agent who played really, really good football. You know, you look at this list, Jonathan Hankins. I know he wasn't a rental, but you look at some of these upcoming free agents. K.J. Wright, Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson, Casey Hayward. I mean, you have a lot. If you're Ziegler McDaniels and not Patrick Graham included on the defensive side, you have a lot of decisions to make about guys that are going to fit your program, guys that you're looking for. So I know we talked yesterday a ton about kind of being patient and understanding and learning what this front office is going to want. And this, I don't think, changes that. I don't think the Russell Wilson move changes that. But we are going to figure out in the next couple of weeks, Fitz, what is important to these guys now. There is a stat on the AFC quarterbacks that you need to hear because it'll give you some perspective on how we talk about all this and what we overvalue. I'm going to give it to you next. Plus, we're going to keep taking your call. 702-365-9200. That's how you get in on the phone. 702-365-9200. He's Eddie Pascal. I'm We'll keep breaking down all of the wild news and how it impacts the AFC next on the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio. Russell looking for the snap. He gets it. Here comes the blitz. Russ going to let it fly down the middle of the field. Lockett is there. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks. Tyler Lockett, we love you, baby. Looks back over his shoulder and finds a beautiful rainbow pass from Russell Wilson against the blitz. A 23-yard touchdown strike, and the Seahawks go on top 6-3. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Filling in for JT is Jason Fitz and Eddie Pascal. It's going to take a second to get used to it. Go update your Madden rosters. The breaking news today, Russell Wilson is now the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos, making the AFC West even more of a gauntlet 
than it already was. Eddie Pascal, I'm Jason Fitz. We're in for JT on the JT, the Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio, 702-365-9200 to hang out with us. We'll get to call in just one second. I want to give you one quick stat, though. Uh, Eddie, uh, let's let's call this a stat, but are you ready for this? I'm uh, ready. According to uh, QBR, and everybody talks about QBR and quarterback rating and what it means. So according to QBR, Derek Carr last year had the 14th highest QBR in the NFL. Russ had 10th. Patrick Mahomes had the 5th. Justin Herbert had the third. So from that one stat, you would believe that Justin Herbert is actually the best quarterback in the AFC. But Justin Herbert did not make the playoffs last year, as we all know. And Justin Herbert is at that spot now in his career for all of the great things that I think he is as a player so far. And as much as he's proven a lot of draft pundits wrong, like Justin Herbert hasn't made the playoffs, hasn't made any noise, right? Like there's this, this level of what's next for the Chargers that still has to happen. So it's, I'm not saying that to knock Justin Herbert. I'm in fact saying that to remind everybody that it takes full team construction for the Raiders to make the playoffs last year, not just your quarterback being somebody that everybody wants to use in the video game version. Talk to him, Fitz. Talk to him. It takes all fifty. It takes all fifty-three and the practice squad. It takes every. It. I mean, I know it's the biggest cliche out there, but football is the ultimate team game. You need to be good from one to fifty-three. You can't be good from one to twenty-seven. You can't be good from one to thirty-six. You got to be one. You got to be good from one to fifty-three, and uh, and you got to make sure that the guys you have on the practice squad are ready to come up and play in a pinch because we have seen time and time again, especially these past two years, Fitz. You got to be ready to bring those guys up at the drop of a hat. But back to the phone lines, Fitz. We got our guy Fargo Raider. He's back. Fargo, what you got, man? Hey, good afternoon, Fiddlin' Fitz and the Fourth Eddie. I don't know if you ever watched <laughs> that cartoon growing up, man. It was it was a bomb. Um, I wanted to start off with saying, you know, Eddie was was speaking on uh, about balance, you know, in the team. You need balance, okay. So with this projected trade deal, they're looking at giving away a king's ransom and some players to get Russ in. When we swept them already two years straight, I don't think they're one guy away. That's been what everybody has told us, but I don't see it. They have they have areas of need too, and now for seemingly a while, they might not be able to address them correctly with no draft pick. You know. Um, I get that the, the Raider Nation is tired of losing, but the damn sky isn't falling. I want, I'll see it when I believe it. Everybody says that the ne- this guy's going to be the next Dan Marino. This guy's going to be the next Hall of Famer, and we don't know that. I don't know Nostradamus, but he was wrong too. You know, I don't, I, I'll see it. When I see it, I'll believe it, you know. And it looks like right now that twelve number 12 bandwagon – up in the Pacific Northwest, got real light overnight. I don't know what you guys think about that, but those are my two cents. You guys are doing a great job, like I said yesterday. Much props. I love it when you guys fill in for JT. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, thanks, Fargo Raider. Uh, look, I, there's so much to what you just said about Nostradamus that I've always laughed at. Like, you know, Eddie, I'll be old man from Vegas for a second. When I was a kid, I remember there was one Nostradamus prediction in the 80s that somebody had turned into California was actually going to fall off mm, the U.S. Sure. and it was going to cause flooding that would uh, force everything west of the Rockies to go away. 
And I remember as a kid, like, there were genuinely people in Vegas in the 80s that were like, oh, my God, do we need to leave town? Like, what are we going to do? Like, the, the, the first time that Nostradamus comes in, like, we predict something before it happens based on a Nostradamus prediction will be the first time that I give those that any weight. But Fargo Raider makes a good point. You have to see how it all comes together. And one of the incredible magical things that happened last year for the Raiders was that everything came together. When you, when you talk about magic of championship runs that's about camaraderie and a, a certain vibe in the locker room and and a thing that you can't put your thumb on that's just different and it feels like it and you're right too that you can have the best uh, the lakers and the nets were supposed to be the two best teams in the nba and i spent time this morning on sports nation asking if they were both going to miss the play-in tournament right like so you never know and it does take some level of camaraderie we have no idea what that'll look like no, and and I think Fargo Raider also had one thing that that I kind of kind of piqued my interest. And he goes, uh, he goes, it seems like the uh, you know the the love affair, the the bandwagon uh, for Russ in Seattle had kind of left. And I will tell you, and we were talking about this during the break, Fitz. My wife is from Seattle. Her entire family are from Seattle. They are diehard Seahawks fans. And I can tell you this: that the love for that man is very, very real up there. And I hope for the for the content of the show. I texted my brother-in-law after the uh, after the news came down. And he has not responded. I can only imagine the type of emotional pain he's in right now. I assume he's somewhere uh, in the basement, just you know, looking at old Super Bowl highlights, just weeping, just trying to figure out how to make sense of it all. So for the sake of the show, I really hope he texts me back before 2 o'clock so I can get his, get his take on this. But, it, I mean, you bring up a great point, Fitz. At, at this point, for us to pretend, for us to prognosticate, hey, the Raiders are going to now win X games because Russell's here, or they're going to lose this many games because Russ is here, I mean, it's foolishness. We're a week and a half out. Well, actually, just a little over a week now. We're a week out from free agency. The draft hasn't even come. Like, we don't candidly know what these rosters are going to look like in three months, four months. So for us to say, oh, this guy's falling, oh, the Raiders are four and a four in the division now, I understand the very raw emotional aspect of this because you and I had that reaction this morning. Like there's an, oh my God, how are we going to navigate this kind of hazard in the road? But it's going to be okay. We're going to figure it out. And I know it's not great for for the takes, for the spicy takes of it all. But we gotta let the dust settle and see really what uh, really what transpires once we hit training camp and the start of the regular season. It's such a interesting portion of this too, because the one thing that I always say about pundits and about opinions with all of it is, if you don't like them, wait till they're proven wrong, and that that's just an inevitability. I, I've got a, a, a friend that, that works at ESPN that uh, went to Indiana. She's a big Indiana basketball fan, and uh, she was talking to me today about how she just doesn't. She can't stand it right now because one week they're in Lenardi's final four out. The next week they're in the final four in. Like, are they going to make the tournament? Are they not going to make a tournament? And then she said, you know, they're going to have to go on a run in the Big Ten. And I was like, well, honestly, if they don't go on a run in the Big Ten, they probably didn't belong in the tournament. So they'll either win their way in and then all of a sudden they'll get the love and respect they deserve from the outset or they won't. And it was all sort of warranted. I would say that. The entire AFC West is in that same. Now, it's fair to look at look at roster construction and say, where do you think the roster is today? That's fine. But it, for anybody that day one is going to say, well, now everything got much more difficult. The Raiders have plenty of real estate left ahead of the team to figure it out. I did. I, I'm, I'm going to text some buddies throughout the show. 
I'll leave them anonymous, but I'll, I'll, guys that I, I respect enough that know the rosters around the, the division and, and the roster. I've got one response back. My question to everybody has been the same. Looking just at the roster and what you know of the coaching staff, where would you put the Broncos now in the AFC West? I have one response back from somebody that I trust with, with knowledge, and he came back and said, second. So he thinks the Broncos are now the second best team in the West. I'm presuming that means he thinks the Chiefs are the best team in the West. And that's okay. Like, getting this assessment is fine. The question isn't where these teams are today, Eddie. It's where will these teams be in September when we actually start playing football games? Exactly. And one thing that, that kind of just popped in my head as you were talking, Fitz, uh, on a very selfish silver and black, uh, wearing my silver and black glasses, you think the Raiders get another primetime game out of this now? Because you, oh. you can't tell me that, that Russ coming to town for the first time isn't a primetime game, brother. I'm not buying that. Oh, yeah. There, there's got I mean, That's one of the interesting things you mentioned, the primetime aspect of it. And Again, we talked about this yesterday. I was watching the ACM Awards, right, and watching last night at Allegiant Stadium as everything was going off, just thinking about, like, how much attention gets paid to everything that happens in that stadium because it's sparkly and new, right? So, like, the first visit for Russ has got to be – like, that feels like a Monday night game, the first time Russ visits Vegas, right? Like, and what's inevitably going to happen is by then people will be saying, well, the Raiders should have done this, the Raiders should have done that. Like, that's the inevitability that comes with any of it, but also – you don't know. It comes back to the stock portfolio analogy, like short-term versus long-term. We got one tweet I want to address. Surfer Bob tweeted, and, and uh, I love Surfer Bob, but he said, now is the time for the media guys in the Raiders circle to pound the desk for Watson. The time is now. And he tagged a bunch of us that, that are around Raider Nation Radio a lot. I cannot be clear enough about this. No, 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 and no. No and no, in case I haven't been clear enough about the no portion of this. If we are talking about Deshaun Watson, the football player, then clearly the answer is yes. Deshaun Watson, the football player, today, even with a year off from the NFL, I would argue, is, is the minute you put him with the Raiders, he would be a top-four quarterback in the NFL. I have no problem saying that for one second. You cannot, and no team, should ever look at establishing a relationship with a player that's currently facing 22 counts, 22 different allegations and lawsuits and, and I got to be clear with that like at some point we cannot prioritize life above winning and until we know how this situation plays out for anyone that says hey we're innocent until proven guilty this whole process has to play out there is nothing wrong with saying and doing nothing until the process is played out we've waited this long to see what happens the depositions are about to start I would absolutely never want my favorite team or anybody's favorite team to make a move to acquire a player if they can't justify exactly what they looked into, exactly what they know, and exactly who the human being is. Because your quarterback, any player in the NFL, but specifically your quarterback, is also partially your billboard. He represents what the organization stands for. And I don't know how the Raiders or anybody else could justify acquiring somebody in a trade, giving up so much equity, having no idea what they actually did, no no idea how this case is going to play out. No idea what the future holds. I cannot say that loud enough. Until Deshaun Watson is cleared and we know what's happened, no one in the NFL should touch him. But I'm particularly hopeful that if somebody makes that mistake, it is not my favorite football team. It is not my beloved Raiders. Uh, the other thing I'll add on to that, Fitz, is we don't, outside of the legal system, you don't know what the league punishment looks like for him either. So everyone's so worried about, you know, obvious, for obvious reasons, what the legal system is going to have to say about this. But we still don't have no idea what the NFL is going is to hand down uh, when the time comes for that as well. But back to the phone lines, Bobby. Let's go to Charles in Kentucky. Charles, what's going on, my man? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, I, you know what? I, I like Derek Carr. I'm a fan of his, but I think if Al Davis was here, he would trade Derek Carr in a heartbeat if he could get two first-round picks 
and he would build this defense because the defense is what got us into the playoffs. I mean, it's just it's a logical thing to do, but we're so scared to let go of Carr so we can go lose another playoff game. But I mean, like I said, I like Derek Carr. He's a good player. He's a good player. But without Russell Wilson coming to this AFC West division, I still think we were taking a step back. I don't know why we can't take a small step back and a big step forward. But the thing is, if Derek Carr gets traded, the writing's on the wall. I, I mean, I, I would say 100%. If Derek Carr was to get traded, if everybody in Raider Nation don't know what's happening next, I mean, it's just simple. I, I it, Tom Brady would be the Raiders quarterback, and I, oh. I, I would guarantee you. <laughs> Charles, well, I, Charles I just, you had me for a second, brother. You had me for a second. I'm not saying I want that, but what I'm saying is you tell me I'm wrong. He, he's put uh, it out there. He's best friends with Josh McDaniels, I'm not saying I want Tom Brady, but look at look at how this would work. We would get some first round draft picks. We'd have Tom Brady for a year until we found the quarterback, and that would happen. And you tell me I'm wrong that if 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 Carr got traded, Tom Brady wouldn't come out of retirement because I think his whole problem was with Bruce Arians. You tell Fitz, me I'm wrong. Fitz, let me let's all right. Let's we got a lot to dive in there, huh, Fitz? So oh, let's yeah. let's let's start here. If the Raider and I look, I I, I feel kind of silly even indulging this, but like. How would you, who? How would you even facilitate a trade like that, right? Because yeah, that's, does, that's do, the, the, do the Bucks do the Bucks still technically retain his rights? The Bucks have placed Tom Brady on the reserve retired list, meaning they retain his rights for as long as they ever choose to retain his rights. The only way he can go anywhere is through a trade or if they outright release him. And there's no reason that any team would outright release him unless there's benefit to them. So there, there's zero chance the Bucks are doing that. So you would have to make a trade with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get Tom Brady. You know what's if so funny? Smart, no, no, if you're smart, as soon as free agency hits, as soon as the Bucks sign a quarterback, they cannot put Tom Brady back on that roster. And McDaniels is smart. He's, he's Belichick smart. The minute that they sign another quarterback and then Brady says, okay, I'll come out of retirement, now what are they going to do? Are they going to pay Brady and then pay another quarterback? They have to get a quarterback. So it's really, like I said, the writing's on the wall. The minute the Bucks sign a quarterback, the Raiders could come in and go, well, we'll give you a second-round pick or a third-round pick to get that salary off there. And then if anybody else wants to trade and Brady says, no, he doesn't want to go there, they're stuck with that salary cap. I mean, it's, it's, it's really easy, easier than what, you know, and we know these people talk. And McDaniels and yeah, Brady I, are good friends. So I'm not sure happen. what the no-trade clause contract, I'm not sure what the no-trade is uh, in Brady's existing contract. I honestly don't know that. I can try. Uh, I can absolutely try and find out. But it should be noted that his salary cap number for 2022 is $15 million. That's his uh, his actual actually sorry that's his dead cap number his cap hit is nine million dollars so to answer your question yes for nine million dollars they hold on to Brady that's less than the Raiders played Mariota last year to be the backup right or before his restructure so like when you start thinking about nine million dollars that's all and the year after that they not only have his rights at nine million dollars for forty for twenty twenty two they have his rights for nine million dollars in twenty twenty three as well so eighteen million dollars on the book over the next two years. Why would you ever? I mean, if you're talking about nine million bucks, you're going to make Brady sit. If Brady wants to come back, I wouldn't let him play for anybody but me for nine million bucks. You wouldn't, you wouldn't pick up a draft pick for a guy that's going to retire in a year anyway, though. No, not 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 a chance. Not if it's going to make somebody else in the league better. It's an AFC team, though. I mean, Seattle just made Denver better. I mean, so uh, and I, look, we appreciate the call. I, I would say a couple of things on this real quick. Number one. 
if the Raiders don't have Derek Carr in this scenario for anyone that's thinking of trading, I'll, I'll say what Amy Trask said on Twitter last month. If not Carr, then who? And for everybody that just thinks it's a simple solution, if it's a simple solution to find a quarterback, then why doesn't Tampa Bay have one? Right? Like, so, and, and we're certainly not turning this into anything that's anti Derek Carr in any way, shape, or form. I'm just addressing very realistically with anybody that calls and says, oh, trade Carr. For what? Because I will say again, right now, none of these quarterbacks, I, I asked our draft experts last week on air, the top quarterback in this year's class is, is Kenny Pickett by most estimations. Some, it's Malik Willis. If he had come out last year as it is in his existing skill set, where would he have ranked last year? And the answer by the two draft pundits I asked was, Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis would have been respectively the 7th and 8th ranked quarterbacks in last year's draft class. Now, yes, you never know, but you're not just taking a step back. You're taking a gigantic leap back, putting all of your money on black at the roulette table, walking away from it, and then trying to convince your friends that it's going to work out for you. It's not that simple. They're, they're, if they were aggressive about wanting a quarterback, we just found out what the price was for Russell Wilson. If the Raiders were aggressively trying to have a quarterback not named Derek Carr, that, that was an easy price to pay and they chose not to we'll keep bringing this up uh, we'll let you guys chime in 702-365-9200 he's Eddie Pascal I'm Jason Fitz we're in for JT the Brick you know my agent has a great relationship I think he does I think that they would say that we do a good job of communicating um, you know, back and forth about a lot of things. You know, and Lord knows there's been a lot of things to communicate about, right? Um, and I, I think that, you know, when the time comes, I never want to face-to-face, you know, do that. I'm going to play quarterback, you know, uh, but my message will be talked about, you know, and they'll talk about it and they can do what they want and all that kind of stuff. You know, they're always honest and, uh, you know, and they'll talk about it and they can do what they want and all that kind of stuff. You know, they're always honest and, uh, forthright so i'm not going to go and have dinner and say we have to do something i'm not that guy welcome back to the jt the brick show filling in for jt is jason fitz and eddie pascal hear from you i take you to dinner and be like hey we got to do this now man i want my 10 mil per year so if you could work that out for me like where would we where would i where would i have to take eddie to dinner to get him to ante up for an extra like i don't know 10 million a year Ooh man that's a great question somewhere nice somewhere really really nice like a nice Actually, sushi place or something like maybe a little you, you know what's so wine. you know what's so funny fitz before we dive back into the calls because big shout out to you guys for getting involved today on an obvious day where you want to be heard but i think about this all the time i thought about this a lot when we were kind of work not work from home but kind of shelter in place my sushi experience like i'm a big sushi guy i love sushi but I like the experience of being able to eat sushi at my house more because no one has to see me fumble with the chopsticks. And I'm very self-conscious about that. Okay. Have you ever been to Japan? No. Okay. You should go to Japan. Uh, they eat it with their fingers 99% of the time. Sushi is like a finger food. So you don't even need oh. the chopsticks. But I'm ambidextrous with the whole chopstick thing, so I can actually double shovel. Like, I feel pretty good about that. Like I'm not, that's, a, are that's, you a, a, that's a good flex, man. That's a good are flex. Are you a roll guy or a sashimi guy? Oh, brother, I am an everything guy. And because they're not paying us money, I won't bring up the place that me and Marcus go every time we go to Los Angeles. We were there for... Uh, we were there in the super, for the Super Bowl, obviously, and we went there, and oh, just so good. I don't care what it is, Fitz. It rolls, sashimi, all of it. Yeah, just sign me up. Big there's sushi a, guy. 
there's a place in LA that has a little conveyor belts on the plates, you know, mm. where it's like you pay one price to get in. I was actually asked to leave one time. I, I, I ate too many, many plates of sushi. Like, so I'm with you on this. Like, we're going to have to destroy it in Vegas next time I'm out there. But, uh, but, it, there's, all, but there's also something so just right about going to a Vegas steakhouse, too. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, what? there's that's the, that's the beauty of being in this fantastic city, Fitz. I mean, whatever you want, we can go Japanese, Chinese, steakhouse. Fast casual, but if you're if Look, you're footing the bill, we're not doing fast casual. We're going somewhere nice. It's going to snow tonight in Connecticut. I don't need oh. another reminder on why Vegas is better than where I live. Let's go to the phones. Uh, 702-365-9200. The big news, in case you're just tuning in and you haven't uh, heard a single news, uh, a second, I should say, of NFL news this week or today, Aaron Rodgers is going back to Green Bay. That is now confirmed. And Russell Wilson has been traded from the Seahawks to the Broncos, which obviously has all of us up in our field. So what do we have on the phones already? Uh, real quick, before we go to Robert and Fresno, how crazy is it? That's the first time we mentioned Aaron Rodgers going back to the <laughs> Packers, right? We're, what, 51 minutes into this thing as the first time we mentioned, oh, the other colossal move that came from the NFL these days, or today, I should say. But Robert and Fresno, what you got for us, brother? Jason and Eddie, good afternoon. You guys are awesome, man. I love listening to you guys. Hey, uh, Jason, real quick, what you did with the autumn wind, that was awesome, man. I hope you don't get mad at me, but I kind of recorded that, and now that's my ringtone, brother. That's, that's freaking beautiful. Um, Dude, that gives me goosebumps, quick. man. I really appreciate you saying that. No, uh, any music no. I've ever made was to be consumed, so I really appreciate you doing that. No, man, I it, it's awesome, bro. Like, it was beautiful. I mean, the way you did it, saw the video, man, it was per- pitch perfect. But uh, I'm not worried, man. I know Russell's a big deal, but I think we forgot, man. We got Josh and Ziggy, and they didn't come to fail. They came to do something special with this team. They picked this team for a reason. They have Super Bowls. They're proven winners. And I think us as a nation, we just got to sit back and wait till they do something and wait for our turn. They they didn't come to you know just get a second or a third or second job and say hey you know we, there's a uh, coaching available let's go take it they waited for the right spot and Josh came he brought his Batman and Rob, or, you know Batman and Robin together and we just gotta sit back man and let's wait and see what we do man I, we shouldn't panic I know you know Russ is you know he's bad uh, Herbert Mahomes I mean that's tough but I mean we still we well with McDaniel's. Those are red zone points that we couldn't score last year. So now that they're here, we're going to score some touchdowns, which means more wins. So I don't think we should panic too much. We just got to sit back and let's trust the process to see what kind of plan they got. And I know they're going to do something special. And we'll be all right, man. We just got to compete. Robert, you reading my notes, man? I feel like yeah. that's like that's all of my that's all my bullet points right there, baby. <laughs> no, man. I just. I'm always trying to stay positive, man, because if I get into this negativity, then what's the point of being a Raiders fan, man? I can always push the team down, and I, there's 31 other teams I can root for, but I bleed silver and black. That's my heart. My kids love it, so I'm always going to go, you know, the high road. And, you know, we brought two guys in that are special, and I'm not worried at all, man. We're going to get through this. We're going to win some games, and we will make the playoffs again. I guarantee it. Oh, I love the call. Thanks for the call, man. Great and, call. Eddie, like, so much – uh, I like to be real. Eddie and I are buddies when we're not on air, right? And and we text back and forth a lot. And the number of times we've had this conversation on text is you'd be stunned because it is so easy to look at everything through the, the prism of, well, this team did this, so now we have to do that. And the world just doesn't work that way. I, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. You got to be intentional in how you are building and you have to have a plan in how you're building. And 
it doesn't matter. Like in, in my music business experience, you couldn't worry about the songs everybody else is putting out. You could only worry about the songs you were putting out. Were you proud of the work you were doing? And you had to trust that work. And at ESPN, I can't sit there every day and worry about who's doing what on what show. Like the only thing I can worry about is when I'm sitting in front of a microphone, am I bringing everything I have? And, and when you're Eddie and you're working with the Raiders and you're on Raiders.com, like you can't worry about what every other team does on every other website. You got to worry about how you're honest to the team that you work with and how you make great content that shares those stories, right? Like, all of us have to basically, like, this sounds boring in a reality world that we live in. I always say, man, easiest way to drive is to stay in your lane. And if you stay in your lane and you worry about you driving, then it doesn't matter if the guys next to you are driving faster, slower, like idiots, like morons. None of it matters. That's how you get ahead in all of this, in my, in my mind, Eddie. And, and I, I believe in that strongly. Dude, oh, man, a, th- a thousand percent. Now, I think on the other side of that is – is it good sometimes to look around the league whether, or look around, uh, you know, ESPN or whatever and see, and see hey, like these people are, uh, you know, these, I like the way these people are going about business. I want to be better. I'm using them to push me to get to the next step. I think there's, there's a lot of health in that. I think that's really good. Uh, but uh, to your point, Fitz, you can't compare yourself. you got to be committed to the process. you got to understand, to your point, being purposeful, being an intentional in how you're building a team. So, yeah, are we all collectively kind of – Shocked a little bit about what happened a few hours ago? Absolutely. We are human beings. But Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, their staffs, they know what is going on. They understand their process. They understand why they came here. And one big move, uh, you know, kind of at the top of the AFC West is not going to change that for them. 702-365-9200. That's how you get in on the phones. When we come back, we'll get you guys all caught up, not only on what this move means, but on one other big transaction that's come down the wire in the last hour and what it means for the Raiders and the future. Some of you had already planned. He's Eddie Pascal. I'm Jason Fitz. We're filling in for JT the Brick on the JT the Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio.